Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. Hey, laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be narrating the new Star Wars audiobook, Dooku Jedi Lost. Or maybe we're just going to review it. But first, we have, uh, what, two announcements, I think? We do. Uh, so the we got a bunch of details on Star Wars Episode Nine, courtesy of the pretty much the, the the usual i would say vanity fair cover story um uh, uh, annie uh, Leibovitz went through and took a bunch of beautiful photos of the cast and crew uh doing all sorts of amazing things um in uh, in star wars the rise of skywalker we should probably should have uh, mentioned that um but yeah you get to see uh, a bunch of new characters new planets we get to see carrie russell's character zori bliss uh richard e grant's character allegiant general pride i don't know what what's an allegiant general i'm very confused uh very interesting That'll be interesting be interesting to find out when uh, the movie hits. Yeah, we get we get shots of the Knights of Ren uh, themselves, and uh, one of their weapons looks a lot like something we see in Dryden Voss's lair in uh, Solo: A Star Wars Story. Uh, we You're find out Han Solo was the Knights of Ren all along. Yes, oh, maybe maybe he was the actual way. founder. Uh, also, I know we were talking about what planet. Uh, we see at the beginning of the Rise of Skywalker trailer, and I think the general consensus was that it's Tatooine. Maybe Jakku. Well, turns out we were wrong. It's a new it's a new planet called Pasana on the edge of the galaxy. Uh, and we also get to see a new snow dusted planet Wasn't named. Wasn't Jakku Kajin. also on the edge of the galaxy? Everything's I mean, on the edge of Tatooine's the galaxy. Tatooine's also now. on the edge of the galaxy. There's just a bunch of those. And for that matter, planets. so is Tatooine. I'm hang on a sec. Yeah. Or is, is that is the edge of the galaxy just sandy planets? I guess so. I mean, okay. yeah, there's going to be a lot of sandy is planets. It, I hope is they differentiate like a, them. Is there like a graduation? It's like, okay, so in the center of the galaxy, you get all of your rocky planets. In the next outer ring, you get your city planets. Then one more ring out, you get your you know forest planets. and Maybe. So Maybe. On. In that case, though, um, uh, you know, for... For Kajimi, like where where is Kajimi located? It's a it's the new snowy planet and home to a shadowy thieves' quarter. So uh, very curious to see that. Um, we also find out there's a, a, a on Pasana there's a, a group of um, of new alien race called the Aki Aki, and they ride creatures called Orbacks. Um, Let's, interesting yeah there's a lot I mean, i'm very interested to see this this planet hopefully they're able to differentiate it well enough from jakku and Tatooine. i mean there's no there's no rule in the star wars galaxy that says you can only have one desert planet but from a a, 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 a viewer standpoint you want to make sure that it's easy to differentiate and, and, and tell where you are without you know some giant sign that says welcome to pasana or something and you know the other thing about it when you you think about it even uh 
Uh, Jeddah. No, even Peel. <laughs> even Peel. Uh, even Jeddah was more of like a desert planet, even though it had mountains. But it was very desert-like. So, yeah, what is it with this? But there was really cool things to separate it from everything else, like those big statues of fallen Jedis or mountains. Yes. So that's oh, what made that's it work. true. Yeah. True. So, um, that looks very cool. Um, what else uh we get to see uh, a little more of um we got we got a shot of leia actually uh with um john williams conducting yeah. in the background we get to see jj uh, uh, uh sorry um anthony daniels getting ready uh with the the suit kind of standing on the on the sidelines uh, a bit. Uh, we actually get to see Finn and, and uh, this new character called named Jana, who, who we saw in the Rise of Skywalker panel celebration, riding Orbax. And Jana's wearing this, so she's using this looks like a, uh, a crossbow uh, mm-hmm. type weapon. Also, a shot of Luke Skywalker on R two D two standing in front of some sort of fire, very ominous, and uh, some sort of indication that definitely uh, uh, Luke's coming back beautiful concept art of uh not concept art uh, shot from the film of um of ray and kylo ren fighting on uh what i I assume is kajimi right with all the snow so yeah a lot of uh a lot of really cool things uh and i'm very excited to to learn more about this movie what do you guys think looking forward to it no, go ahead, Steven. I'm sorry. I'm excited to see this movie. Does that count? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to wrap up the whole Skywalker saga. That's that's my thing. For a guy who's been invested since literally the first movie came out and has watched it all the way back then and seen every single movie since that point, I really am looking forward to seeing how they're going to wrap all this up. It's going to be huge. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge, and to a certain extent, from my standpoint, it's going to be a little sad because it is what I personally grew up with going to the theater, which I I wish this could work out, but going to the theater and see it with your dad. And then it would be cool if it could be done to go to the theater now with my dad and my son. So that, that would, that would be, yeah. Kind of bring it all full circle. That would have been fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Also, um, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is officially open. It, it, it launches tomorrow as we're recording this. Uh, and they just had the big um, dedication ceremony last night in um, at Disneyland. I don't know about you guys. I cannot wait to go. We'll be going for the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, cannot wait. And uh, we'll be reporting back with our impressions. But it looks amazing. So far, from what I've heard, it everyone seems to love it yeah and and trying not to read too many spoilers about it and and trying not to get too into it because i want to walk in there with fresh eyes but it is so hard not to be following stuff that's on twitter and facebook and the people who got there first you're just like oh it looks amazing it does but there's always someone there ahead of you tom (laughs) it's okay tom (laughs) yeah what what yeah well you know we'll be there in uh in in about two weeks i'm I'm yeah a couple weeks we'll be there yeah um but uh, we're here tonight to review Dooku Jedi Lost. Uh, Tom, you want to tell us about this? Uh, give us the quick rundown. Sure. 
This happened to be an audio drama, which I think there is an actual hardcover book coming out at some point. No, 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 that is a rumor. No, that was a rumor. <laughs> uh, they have not I'm announced. Sorry. No. Okay, I, I take I take that back. Yeah. No, so this is I a rumors. This is so, a special audio drama. Like they they brought in a full cast. It was it was written, um, as as such. So like you know right. they, they they wrote it knowing that the, you'd be listening to it. So there's certain there's certain changes to the way you write a book if you know people are going to be hearing it instead of. Um, uh, instead of reading it for example you don't have to have like a character name said right you just have the character speak it in their voice correct so anyway but and, I'm, and I'm i'm interrupting tell no, us but that's the okay because synopsis. i, I appre- but but i completely completely appreciate the correction of it was only a rumor and i'm going to leave it at that because this was actually a very good audio drama called dooku jedi lost written by kevin scott and this was narrated, believe it or not, by the full cast. And we will get to that in a second because the synopsis of the book, this is basically giving you the background of Darth Tyrannus, Countess Sereno, leader of the Separatist, a red lightsaber unsheathed in the dark. But who was he before he became the right hand of the Sith? As Dooku courts a new apprentice, the hidden truth of the Sith Lord's past begins to come to light. Now, Dooku's life began as one of privilege born within a stony walls of his family's estate, orbited by the funeral moon where the bones of his ancestors lie interred. But soon, his Jedi abilities are recognized and he is taken from his home to be trained in the ways of the Force by the legendary Master Yoda. As he hones his power, Dooku rises through the ranks, befriending fellow Jedi sifo taking a Padawan of his own, a promising Qui-Gon Jinn, and tries to forget the life that he once led. But he finds himself drawn by a strange fascination with the Jedi Master Len, I'm going to blow this one, uh, Len Castana, and the mission she undertakes for the Order, finding and studying ancient relics of the Sith in preparation for the eventual return of the deadliest enemies the Jedi have ever faced. So caught between the world of the Jedi, the ancient responsibilities of his lost home, and the alluring power of the relics, Dooku struggles to stay in the light, even as darkness begins to fall. So it works out very well as an audio drama because this is the best thing about this. It actually gives you a backstory of Darth Tyrannus instead of just all of a sudden him appearing and just basically talking to Obi-Wan in Attack of the Clones and kind of giving him, you know, a little bit of a backstory. But this gives you of how he rose to where he was. Yeah. And this this very this this uh, this book is very much in the the vein of the old Brian Daly audio dramas high production value uh, absolutely full full voice Mm -hmm. cast it was just really wonderfully done and and just to give you a taste Uh, here's here's a here's a quick listen to the the beginning of the book and then we'll we'll go ahead and, and, and dive into the review i hate it here i hate the castle I hate the cliff. I hate the spike bats whirling above the forest far below. I hate the moons grinning down at me. I hate the fact that night after night I stand on this ledge, feeling the breeze against my skin, wondering what it would be like to jump, to drop down into the trees. 
So you can hear that like amazing production value right there. Sound and, effects, music, it's all there. Yeah, and uh, Orla Cassie does a, a wonderful job as Asajj Ventress. Uh, you know, she she sounds spot I, on. I was going to say that was the best thing. That, one of the most favorite things I enjoyed about the book was she sounded like the person who voiced Asajj from uh, Clone Wars. Yes, she did. Hundred percent. Yeah, it yeah. was <laughs> so so good. And a yeah. lot of most of the cast was was too. I mean, we have. Um, Let's quickly run through it uh, briefly. We have Orla Cassidy as Asajj Ventress, Juan Morton as Dooku, Pete Bradbury as Gretz Droom, Jonathan Davis as Qui-Gon Jinn, Neil Helligers as Ramil, uh, Sean Kennan as Saifa Diaz, January Lavoie as Joel Arith, Seska Marveld, Marleveld as Jenza, uh, Carol Monda as Lean Costana, Robert Petkoff, uh, as Kyneric, Rebecca Solar as Eula Braylon, and of course Mark Thompson as Yoda. Many of those names are, I'm sure, familiar to you because they are kind of a who's who of audiobook um, voice cast. You know, Mark Thompson does a, a, a many of the Star Wars audiobooks, as does Jonathan Davis, and many of the other uh, you know, readers here are well known throughout the industry. And they do a really, really good job. It was great because it made you feel like you were a part of that universe that you were listening to, which I, I really appreciated. There was, I, to, to be truthful, I'm not a big fan of audio books. I'm not, I don't, I like a, a book in my hand. Yeah, one of the things that always throws me, Tom, is, so, you know, like we talked about Asajj and Asajj's voice is just nailed. Like, yep. that's how he heard her in the Clone Wars. When I read a book, uh, what was the book that she had? Um, the Quinlan oh, Boss book. Dark Disciple. Mm-hmm. There you go. See? Look Thank at that, you. Tom. Name right off the bat. Uh, like, you. in Dark Disciple, that's the voice that I hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But something Nika that Futterman. I kind of struggled yeah. with here was that Dooku's voice is a little bit different. You know, he's played by Christopher Lee in uh, the movies, and I forget the name of the voice actor Corey in Burton. the Clone Wars. Yeah. Cory Burton. Thank you. See, okay. this is you guys just have these on the tip of your tongue. It's perfect. <laughs> so uh, far, I got lucky tonight. We'll can we'll see if it continues. It, it won't, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, Ouch. But in any case, like, so uh, is it Ewan Morton who does the voice for Dooku? I'm uh, assuming yes. that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Um, he did like he has the right. He does the lines well, but it's not yeah. the kind of deep, almost aristocratic voice that I'm used to out of, you know, Christopher Lee, basically. So right. it. It just every time he talks, there's that moment of like, who's talking? Oh, right, Dooku. Like, yeah, it's, it's not quite in the vein you want it to be. Like he does but, a good job, but you know, oh, yeah. right. so, it's like, not as spot on as uh, as Asajj Ventress. Like oh, Asajj Ventress, she sounds like Nika Futterman. Like if mm. you told me that was not Nika, if you told me that was Nika Futterman, I'd believe you. Yeah, it's I, one I would. Of those where, yeah, like if I'd never, if I'd only ever read Dooku before, it'd be mm. fine. But right. because Christopher Lee has such a distinctive voice, and they did, you know, based. A, a twist on it basically for Clone Wars. It just, right. it was missing some of that. And admittedly, the book takes place during a different time period. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know. Dooku's much younger. We see him as a kid, an apprentice. Right. Yeah. You know, I did Adawan. laugh a lot at uh, young Dooku's voice. Uh, <laughs> well, but, but you see that for me, I, and not to interrupt, but I think for me, what, what made it work is after a while, my brain was able to say, okay, 
this book took place at this point of time in, in Dooku's life. So that way I was able to basically bridge the, you know, Christopher Lee voice to the, the Clone Wars voice. And, and it was able, it was able to work. It was the same thing when it came to the gentleman who did Qui-Gon Jinn, because it was a younger Qui-Gon Jinn that you were able to kind of accept that there was one voice that did really throw me off. Um, and, and I was, I, I accepted it, but it was the one that was more Western sounding. Um, and, and that's, I'm trying to, God, I'm blanking on the name of that character. So Braille? I'm not that. No, no. Cad um, no, not Cad. No. Um, oh God. Why am I blanking on it? Because I knew See, coming Tom, in. Tom, was... you you got two of them right. You're doing so well. No. <laughs> anyway, please continue though. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He ended up. He he shows up in uh the latest book that we read too, the Master You're... and Apprentice. He was Real, Real Avaros. Sorry, that's right, Avaros. Sorry, that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, I'm hurt. Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry, Stephen, but for me, I don't remember his first name. I remember his last name. I am. Uh, okay. I just remember Avros. I will allow it this time. Okay. Well, thank you. So that was the one that when when he was introduced in the book, that really threw me off. I'm sorry, in the in the audio drama that really threw me off. And when you went to Master and Apprentice, that voice kind of carried over. So mm-hmm. you know the the, the audio book in and of itself. I, the, the, for me, the the thing that got it, I'm not going to jump and spoil anything, but it was so interesting to hear all this. And what made it interesting was the voice actors. And and if more audiobooks were done this way, I probably would be more enthralled to get yeah, them. It, it, they really do an amazing job with it. Like it's it, outstanding. Know, it's one of those things. So when they first announced it, my reaction was, well, if they make, I mean. Before I realized we were reviewing it, I actually did need to listen to it. Uh, my first Steven. reaction was like, well, if they... Huh? I said Steven. <laughs> no, no, no. But my first reaction was like, well, if they make it a book, I'll be happy to read it. Uh-huh. Uh, Interesting. Why but, Why is that? It's just, I'm, I've never been a big audiobook person. Okay. Same as Tom. It's, it's more of reading is a... Um, if I'm reading, I'm very focused on it. I, mm. I'm not as good about focusing on an audiobook generally. Interesting. Uh, I will, if my mind wanders, it's really easy to go back on a page and be like, oh, let me go back to the start of that paragraph. Uh, if I'm distracted during an audiobook, though, that's a little bit harder to do. That is um, true. I mean, I, I do but, find myself doing the same yeah. thing. But, the import- but I like the it because import- I can like, listen while I'm in the car or, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's what I was starting to do as well. Yeah. Uh, but the, the thing here is you this really can't be done as uh, without major changes, at least mm-hmm. as a written novel. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's one of those few books I've uh, audio books I've seen where it revels, uh, revels, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's an audiobook and it takes advantage of that form. Yeah. Like there, there's dialogue and things that happen that only work. Sound really, effects. I would say all that. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the Correct. sound effects. So, for example, you know, Asajj throughout the entire novel is kind of hounded by her, uh, of the voice of her, you know, dead master. Yes, uh, that was cool. Kyneric. And it's, it's a very, it works really well when she's, I don't know, you're, you're inside her head listening to her thoughts as she's pestered by this Jedi master who's Mm -hmm. really just doesn't want to leave her alone. Right. Right. And and I think if you were to try and read that, yes, you'd be able to you'd be able to to make it work 
but I think in this case, I was, I was more focused on that. And I'm going to say it, the head game that was actually going on within Ventress mm-hmm. that really was fascinating that probably reading it, you'd get kind of the same effect, but not as, as enthralling and, and as, as your, your mind would focus on more than an audiobook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, this the, the 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 framing of this book was was fascinating as well. It was somewhat similar to Master and Apprentice in, in some ways, but um, mm-hmm. and, and there's actually a lot of crossover. Uh, you know, many characters in Master and Apprentice show up in this, and vice versa. Like Master and Apprentice shows showed us a little bit of Dooku's childhood, um, right. and but this one really dives into it, and and, and the. The bulk of the book, uh, or you know, in the in the present day, I guess, is Asajj, right? And she's she's looking for something, right? And she's looking through Dooku's history, and you don't really know what she's looking for uh, at first, but she's looking through Dooku's history and re- watching all these well, old holocrons. Sorry, Steve. Dooku charges her with finding his sister Genza. Yes. Yep. So you you know what she's looking for. Sorry, you know who she's looking for. You just don't really know how she. How Asajj is planning on accomplishing that mission. Yes, that's right. It. Thank you. That's a good point. Yeah. And so, you know, she's looking for Genza. When you don't really know exactly what happened to Genza, but you know that Genza's missing, and Dooku has a sister named Genza. That's already a big a big change. Uh, or not change, but a big revelation we didn't know about. We didn't really know much about Dooku. And, uh, and she'll go and she'll, you know, open up these, uh, these hollow recordings uh, of Dooku's past, and she watches them, and then, of course, as she's watching them, we get this, you know, um, it kind of tr- the book, tra- the audiobook transitions into Dooku's point of view, um, mm-hmm. uh, or or sometimes you know other characters as they as he's kind of living out his life, and so we get to see Dooku as a you know as a as a as a youngling and a Padawan, and then as he grows up and his relationships with various people in the Jedi and temptations. Uh, and it's it's really a I'll be kind of honest like I was I love the audio the the voice acting for Asajj but the Asajj part of the story is less was less interesting to me but Dooku's really? backstory oh yeah but Dooku's backstory I, I loved mm-hmm. just kind of learning uh, all about his his history but Tom you uh, you you seem surprised by that yeah because I thought when 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 we're talking about if this were to be due, let's say they wanted to put this in a novel, I think a way they could have done it to like, it would be hard to read the novel straight to where all the text would be the same. Cause there's novels I've read in which they wanted to change a perspective of a character or, or for you to know, this is a different, it's still the same story, but it's a different time. They would italicize that part of it. So you know that in this section, this could be a past thing to where it's like, it made it, if they were to, to put this in a book, Anytime you would talk about, you know, let's say Dooku in a younger age, if it's a short paragraph or a short thing, it would all be italicized. And then back to the forefront, it would be like, you know, uh, Ventress reading all this. And and what I just found fascinating was when it came to Ventress is it was like her, her ghost of a master just sitting there in the back of her head every once in a while goading her kind of like, you know, there's still in so many words, there's still good in you. You know, he's he's kind of goading her that way, and she's always fighting it. And it was mm-hmm. it was really fun because you were hearing this audio wise. You could get it while reading it, but it's more alive hearing that thought process going between the two characters, and in some cases, the actual fighting between the two characters. Yeah, 
And, yeah, and that's what I really enjoyed about it. Exactly. And, you know, we, we saw Asajj's history in uh, the Clone Wars, uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, she, her master, her Jedi master, Kai Narek, died. Um, and, and that kind of, you know, messed with her a bit. And then she kind of ended up going out on her own. And, you know, of course, she was originally a slave to uh, Halstead uh, before Kai Narek saved her. So, you know, she, she kind of has this kind of sad sad backstory and a lot of that we learned in the clone wars but now mm-hmm. we actually get to see kyneric as you mentioned like like almost haunting her in a way like it's her visions of, of of kai she still really has this close attachment to our old jedi master um but it's in this very strange way um and throughout the the book we actually get a lot more of her backstory and dooku's as well like the book starts with Dooku finding Asajj on Rat Attack, just like in the old Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars series. I love that so much. Yeah, I, very cool. I, the 2D Clone Wars series still is one of my favorite Star Wars things ever made. And so see, hearing the description of, you know, Dooku and Asajj's interactions, and it's, I think, slightly changed from what was oh, in yeah, that no, series. Oh, yeah, no, it's not identical, but... Well, but but it's close. Like, close you can enough. picture the arena where she was a fighter. You can picture Dooku kind of coming and observing... Um, even the kind of beginning of the novel where, you know, she first kind of encountered, sorry, in the, in the 2D series where she encounters Dooku for the first time, then wakes up and then Dooku is alternating between attacking her and kind of teaching her. Mm-hmm. You get that same kind of experience here where, you know, you can tell how afraid Asajj is at the same time that she's trying to learn and figure out what her place is in kind of all of this and what her new relationship is with Dooku. And mm-hmm. it just, it works incredibly yeah. well i really enjoyed that part uh i, I liked that a lot uh and, and it wasn't the only time uh author Kavan scott drew from you know legends and while the story they tell is very different than what we know from legends um in some ways it, it stalls a lot of shared elements and themes just very very similar again to master and apprentice and he actually worked with uh, Claudia Gray on characters like Rael Avaras, who who appears in both, uh, because of mm. course, as you know, Rael is Dooku's first Padawan before Qui Gon Jinn, um, and and so you know, reading these books back to back, I think I read them, you know, I finished Master and Apprentice, and then almost immediately went on to go listen to this book within a week or two. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it almost in some ways feels like one big story with two different plots, but you know it almost kind of blurs together in some ways. Yeah, there was, there was a good way of a crossover between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I liked it, you know, um, we get to find out about Dooku's backstory as well. Like we know he's the count of Sereno, but what happened? Why did he go back? And it turns out, you know, he never knew his parents. And then like, like most Jedi. Right. And then for whatever reason, um, they go to, uh, the the Jedi take Dooku to Sereno and uh, oh. with, sorry? I was gonna say, let's not forget that this is also, I think, our first real appearance of sifo Dias as well. Yes, it is. Well, we got found... Sifo in well, the Clone Wars. Lost Missions? Have... Lost really? Missions, yeah. Wait Remember the amazing Order what? 66 arc? Is he actually in that arc? Yeah. Wow, I need to rewatch that. Okay. Okay. He's anyway. crazy at that point, but wow. In any case, wasn't he? So it's our 
Well, no, I thought I thought it was only referenced because they found his lightsaber. I don't ever remember him being in the Clone anyway, Wars. Anyway, other than important. the point yeah, is, it, it, we haven't seen a lot of Sifo-Ds, and we see a lot of him here. Yes. Um, and I I feel like I was I, maybe I started to mention this earlier. I greatly appreciated hearing uh, young. Dooku and young Sifo Diaz getting into uh-huh. trouble together. That's why. Yeah. Um, Sorry, he was a hologram. That's what it was. I uh, knew he okay. appeared in there. He's a hologram and a vision. Anyway, please continue. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I just, young Dooku's like, he's it's, his voice isn't snobby, but like, he's got like that heavy British accent mm-hmm. and like a voice that you know is like ten years old, so it comes off as really I don't know what the word is, um, but you know what I'm talking about, right? I can't Over, I'm not overly say Bradish either. I'm trying. Oh, I'm trying Bradish to... is close. It's a, he. Dooku comes across as snobby, and Sifo comes across as like a brat, and I, I think it works perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, and then listening to them get into trouble or you know break into secret rooms in the Jedi Temple, like it just it it works well. It makes me laugh. Mm. The, the one thing I, I want to bring up about Cypher is at this point, I guess for me, when it came to that character, I know we went back to the two of them meeting, but it almost for me set up that he he's almost like a tragic character in this because it's always as as the book proceeds forward. I mean, he, he does start out with Dooku, you know, the two of them being like brats getting in trouble and all that. But then you really start seeing that character change because of, you know, his his visions and all this other stuff. And because he was hanging out with um God, what was her name the uh the the i just read it up Lean front Pistana. boy am i yes so it, it's fascinating to see that transition of this character i wish it went a little further because i would like to see maybe that's a story to be told later how duke was able to manipulate him into starting the clone army which we didn't get that far in the yeah. book yeah that that was the one thing that for me that 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 kind of Again, it may be a story for another day. Yeah, well, that that was that was the interesting part to me. So, okay, since we're on the subject of, of subject of Sifo-Dyas, yeah, go ahead. You know, he and he and Dooku are our best friends, and eventually, Master Lean, Kastana, Dooku, and Sifo-Dyas start to search for these Sith artifacts, and you know, Lean encourages uh, Dooku to use to use fear and anger to locate you know, these artifacts and, you know, we're so used to Dooku being the Sith Lord, but he's actually concerned. He's worried about using Mm -hmm. the dark side. You can see, you know, he hasn't been, you know, tainted yet by this. And, you know, he actually hears voices of, you know, Yoda, Asajj and Palpatine, like really cool stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And he actually, well, I mean, kind of, I guess diving into the scene a bit more, he even sees like, um, you know, uh, he sees visions and here of, like and here's voices of like Je- people, voices calling Jedi rulers and warriors and Jedi storming mm-hmm. the Senate, people dying from Force lightning and the Sith clone troopers, battle droids. Like he, it was auditorially impressive scene, and uh, and it kind of hints at what is to come. And and Dooku heard all of this, which is just. I wonder if that was almost the impetus for him to start kind of breaking away from the Jedi and, and, and creating the, you know, starting to join Palpatine cause he, cause he heard that it was coming and maybe he was trying to, you know, almost stop it like a, like Anakin style, you know, stop but, it. Well, but or, or, well, you know how it originally starts, right? Anakin was trying to stop people right. from dying and instead, you know, ends up being the cause of it. Right. But anyway, right. but, but Sifo Dyas, 
he's indifferent, right? Well, he, he while Dooku hears all these voices, voices, Sifo-Dyas is constantly having these visions, and yep. he starts getting lost in these visions. And you know, at, at one point, Lean and, and Dooku literally have to pull him out of a vision, um, and he starts like going crazy, and we start to see him like mentally unravel throughout the book. And mm-hmm. and as you said, it's it's kind of a a tragedy, right? He he starts as this you know, very, uh, you know, this great Padawan best friend of, of, of Dooku. And he, he breaks down over time, uh, to the point where his sanity actually begins to fracture and Mm -hmm. come apart. Uh, and, and by the end, like he's just, he's completely messed up. And, and that's the thing where I, I wish it went just that little bit further that because he ended up by the end of the book being a broken character, how Dooku was able to manipulate him the way he was to get him to do, you know, start the clone army. And from the sound of it, because if Lena and, and, um, Saifo Diaz at the book, they they were kind of like always away from the Jedi temple. They were always off trying to find these artifacts always, you know, on their own, you know, you could see how the Jedi council never knew Saifo Diaz was a part of this. Because yeah. it seemed like Lena was always with him away from the temple. Well, there's also this kind of really cool idea as well. Just kind of going back on Lena a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. she and Yoda kind of have this disagreement on, yep. you know, should should the Jedi be training constantly for the this inevitable return of the Sith, as she puts mm-hmm. it? Um, and, of course, Yoda disagrees. And Lean, you know, uh, this is why she goes and searches out the artifacts with Sifo and Dooku is... Now she is just convinced they have to be ready, mm-hmm. and there's I don't know there's a certain irony in that. Right, this is part of what causes that to be the case. And, and that's of the course, other thing. we know she's right. No, right. I mean like so we know she's right, but she ends up being instrumental in causing Dooku to become Sith. Well, and not only that, like she hides things from Yoda and the Council that mm-hmm. had they mm-hmm. known, they might have been able to stop Dooku's descent into darkness. But like. There's that one point where, you know, uh, uh, Dooku's at there at the funeral, and Dooku tries to save his his family, and he ends up like basically. Uh, um, I think didn't he uh, killed his he killed his father or? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember oh. now. I know he he, yeah he like or he ends up at least knocking over his mother's coffin and all this stuff and, um, and. Lean tells him, like, don't tell Yoda or the council other- what happened. Otherwise, you know, I'll be reassigned to temple duty and I'll lose my Padawan, Sifo-Dyas. Like, mm-hmm. she tries to to tell Dooku to hide these things. And, and later, um, you know, she exposes Dooku and Sifo-Dyas to the dark side. And again, she says, don't tell anyone because, you know, don't tell, like, Yoda... But- Right. So, of course, the lesson here is if someone tries to get you to do the dark side or, you know, do drugs <laughs> and then they tell you not to let tell anyone else, you should just say no, them. just say Friends, no and yeah, probably yeah, tell yeah. someone else to yeah. just say no to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing the thing that I guess when it comes to, to lean in her character, it, it's kind of like it shows you the start of the breakdown of the Jedi Council mm-hmm. and it shows you where yeah. that they they stopped listening to the prophecies, because that's the thing. It was all about prophecies and 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 Sith artifacts and all that. And it seemed like they were just getting 
even Yoda at a certain point seemed like it was just like, you know, this is not going to happen. And, and, you know, we're too arrogant to think this is even going to happen because they're all long, long gone. Regardless, mm-hmm. we don't need to find these things because they're never going to come back. And they, they were throwing up a full on warning right to their face. But you, you see that breakdown at this point. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just, I thought that dynamic was, was, was amazing. And even how they introduce yeah. lean and, and, and how, you know, she picks an apprentice like originally uh you know they they the way they introduce her is almost like you're wondering is she is she evil right is mm-hmm. she is she she's sick yes right she has this bestiary and is secretly studying the dark side and she like duels with dooku and you find out that it was actually just a test mm-hmm. uh, a test for dooku and he kind of felt the darkness in himself and yoda even dismisses it right and he, Yoda even looks into Dooku's mind. Is like, nah, there's no, no hard harm done. It's it's okay. But the, uh, I just thought it was a great way the way they introduced Lane. That you, I thought at first, like, oh my gosh, she's already a dark Jedi right, mm-hmm. right off the bat. And then later, you know, Dooku all of a sudden becomes he 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 really he finds Lean Kastana fascinating and wants to be her apprentice, and. She ends up choosing Sifo Dyas, which is like a huge, you know, knife in the heart to to Dooku, and of course Yoda, a rare in in a rare move, chooses Dooku as his own apprentice mm-hmm. instead. Like, I just these are things we Yoda choosing Dooku as his apprentice. We knew that, but in the moment, as you're listening to this, you're just like you think, oh, he Lean's gonna choose him, completely forgetting that of course he you know trained under Yoda, right. Well, and that's where, you know, the Yoda, especially because the Yoda training is has always been kind of vague, I would say. <laughs> well, uh, I, not Obi-Wan just for us, but yeah. He was trained by Master Yoda, you know. Wait, well, we but, do it from then, the books, too, that, like, Yoda yeah. actually trained. And, and also realize that when you, you get to um, uh, the Clone Wars, even the younglings were trained by Yoda. True. Yeah. But it's like, you know, true master-apprentice relationship here, and... No. Even that one was was fascinating too, where Yoda basically ignore he, he picks Dooku as as his apprentice, and then he proceeds to ignore Dooku for mm-hmm. weeks, and like Dooku's like showing off and uh, doing all these things to get Yoda's attention, and even tries to rip out Yoda's favorite tree with the Force. Like, yeah, I thought I was surprised Yoda didn't. Uh, I don't know. I'd be like, like be more upset. Yeah, like yeah. come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah, but but Yoda's so chill. I mean, you have to think of it that way. Yeah. And but, but it could always get back to the arrogance of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. And and in the way that like, this is where again one of those touches for audiobooks that you would never get in a normal book. There's a moment when, you know, that moment when Dooku is ripping out the tree out of the ground with the Force. Like, sure, it's a show of of Dooku's abilities, right? And 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 after it happens, Yoda decides that Dooku's ready to be trained. But if you think about it from another angle. Dooku's like, yo, Yoda, you're not li- listening to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rip your favorite tree out of the ground and, like, destroy it. Like, that's kind of... There's a certain <clears throat> tragedy darkness. to Dooku's story. Right, and, 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 yeah. the, and the best part, the best part, the most twisted thing about this scene in a brilliant way is they played Yoda's theme in the background when he's, like, ripping out Yoda's uh, <laughs> Yoda's favorite tree. And it's just, it's something that they can do in an audiobook that they could never do. In a, in a real novel. It's mm. a little touches like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Dooku's family? 
now this this is the thing I found very fascinating was how he met how he met his sister and at the time not knowing it was his sister because it was a it it almost started out like let's just say it's the the young I'll say it the young buck who meets the really cute girl his first time away from the family and we're going to summer camp and let's just let's just have fun with the two of us but there no but no Sorry. but think of it this way i know it's sounds weird, i know what, hey. i know what you're saying that was yeah. just uh yeah anyway yeah i mean that that's kind of how it felt because when they when they went to sereno that's kind of how it felt when he met her and let's go see what kind of trouble we can get into but there was if i remember correctly listening to the other book there was like either one of them had that little nagging thing in the back of their head going something seems familiar something is uh, something Dooku yeah felt like that mm. right and it's like there's something about this, the shock from him to realize at a certain point that was his sister. Yeah, was w- probably was the biggest blow to him at that <laughs> part of the book. And then to, to find out that way that his his father, the way his father treated him, it was like just fascinating how just, just to go through that book, the audio that way. Yeah, I, and, I I found that whole dynamic fascinating. Yeah, and um, you know, I, just that that again that that whole the whole scene there was mm-hmm. was just really well done. You know, where he's yeah. he's surprised to to learn about uh, to learn about Genza. He learns that he's not just this random guy, but he's actually the son of the of Count Gora and Countess Anya, and you know he has a brother Ramil and. Genza and like, and, but the dynamic between his family is kind of sad, unfortunately, because Count Gora, he, his Dooku's own father calls the Jedi freaks. Yeah, and, that you know, that was the saddest part. Yeah, and he 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 hates the the Jedi. Uh, and you know when it's revealed that who you know who he is, like I think his father, his father even refuses to acknowledge him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just you know, basically screams at the Jedi for bringing him here, tells them he. Now you promised you'd never do this. Yeah, like you'd never bring him back. That's got to mess with a kid too. Oh, absolutely. And that also kind of helps for the you know if you want to look at Dooku being a quote unquote tragic character with a backstory as tragic as it is, that you know his his family turns on him even when he shows up, and then that the massive twist at the end, which I never saw coming, which we're not going to get to yet, which is also shows how twisted Dooku is. Um, I just, yeah, you, you could see the downfall at that point yeah. starting. Yeah. Um, so then of course, Dooku and Genza, they, once they, you know, they find out they're related, they kind of establish this friendship. And for years, Genza and Dooku just talk with each other over, uh, over Holocom. Um, All over messages even messages yeah, back and forth. Not even. Yeah, back and forth messages. Just yeah. talking about. I I actually love some of Asajj's commentary did. on it as well. Like, oh, <laughs> yes. yeah. Why they're talking about nothing for hours? I don't understand. <laughs> Who cares what you had for breakfast, Dooku? And on top of that, her her dead master pops in every once in a while. Yeah, but I feel like it helps humanize Dooku in some ways. He's just talking to his sister about just the mm-hmm. you know life and just what's going on and. You know, but but again, it's all an, in secret, right? right? He never tells the rest of the Jedi. He hides the 
he hides the you know device no one knows that he's really communicating with his 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 sister which is interesting how long he was able to get away with it because you would think somehow some way the jedi would have figured it out sooner i mean maybe i don't know how they would have though uh, you know the Jedi. The Jedi have their uh, ways. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Or do they? <laughs> Thank you. Very right. helpful. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But, you know, when, when Dooku's mother passes away, it's because of that communication that, you know, he he finds out and Jenza basically asks him to attend the, the funeral uh, on, on Sereno. And to my surprise, like, Lean Castana and Saifo Diaz, like, they actually decided to go with him. Um, you know, they tell him not to communicate with his sister, which, you know, of course he's going to do right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was, they took it very calmly. Like, Oh, you've been talking with your sister in secret for all these years. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to your mom's funeral. <laughs> like, they had to move the story along. So that was the only way it could work. Just, just move it along, move it along. Yeah. So you know, I guess we we see they kind of jump forward a few years, and eventually we you know we learn that Duku he has a Padawan Rail Avaros, and we get a little bit of Duku training Rail, which is a nice tie-in to Master and Apprentice, and it's it's fun to hear Rail uh, speak in this book because uh, you know he plays such a yeah. big character. Yeah, I, I no, no, okay, no, okay, no, I, I, okay. When when he first, and again, I I only know him as Avaroth, uh, Avaroth. Okay, so th- that's why the confusion with the rail Avaroth. But it, it was so confusing because to to have that voice come in, and it sounded so Western. It sounded so. It it didn't it didn't fit. That's kind of how they described him, though, like a. Well, kind of I, I get gruff. it. Gruff. I, I get it, but sloppy guy. I don't know. Which, which, you know what? You can kind of imagine him with a duster. And yeah, a exactly. Really... I, I totally get it. I, I could see it as, you know, I could see him almost as the dude, you know? Yeah. But I, I couldn't, I didn't imagine that kind of voice come out of it. I mean, Stephen, you kind of brought up, I think at one point when I mentioned that, you know, Cad Bane. I could have accepted it if it had more of a little bit of a modulation to it, like Cad Bane, because that was supposed to be, you know, kind of like uh, an homage to Clint Eastwood and the Spaghetti Westerns. In this one, it just sounded a little bit, it, it, it was too spot on for a Western mm. voice for me. Okay. So that's no. okay. And it's, nothing, it's... nothing against the, the, the character for me still worked, but the problem was when I went to Master and Apprentice and I'm reading that character that voice kept coming back. Oh, because you you did you did read these out of order, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I absolutely did. Well, I technically read it in chronological order, I think, <laughs> I, I, right? I, I guess. Like, I don't know. There's I, a lot of crossover, but sure. Yeah. I was able to listen to the book audio book at work, which made it go by so much quicker. You know. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting but is I, also. I, there, I'm not saying I didn't like the character. It's no, just, it's I like okay. the character. It's just just that yeah. just kind of out just a little bit. Anyway. Yeah. Um, with the, you know, we actually get to see a lot of characters, um, get offered seats on the Jedi council, uh, in of course, master and apprentice, 
Qui-Gon Jinn is is offered a spot on the council and that kind of drives the central tension mm. in the book. In this one, Dooku is actually offered an opportunity to join the, the Jedi Council as well uh, by Yoda. Uh, and again, despite all of their you know misgivings and concerns about Dooku, they decided, hey, we'll, we'll give him a, a spot. But instead, he decides to take on another Padawan who happens to be Qui-Gon Jinn. And I loved seeing the scene where Qui-Gon is chosen in Master Apprentice, this time from Dooku's point of view. So we get the same scene in both in both stories from different points of view, uh, which was that's, nice that's to see. Pretty sweet. And instead, yeah, Jor well. Aerith takes on the the spot on the council. However, um, what what? And, and Tom, you kind of brought this up earlier, but yes, the we never see Sifo-Dyas on the council, even though no. now it's possible that. Uh, uh, you know, it's possible the Kaminoans were were mistaken, but um, Sifo-Dyas, they think he's a you know a member of the Jedi Council. Right. When, uh, when, they, when he goes to, Kaminoan. did we ever actually confirm it was Sifo-Dyas who placed the order? I seem, but, I feel like I remember it, like maybe Dooku was impersonating him or something like that. That would be the only thing but, uh, I could think that, of if that was the case. That may be a Legends thing. Yeah, but, I'm trying to remember now what's what's canon, but yeah, I mean I, that, that that's that's the thing. It's like. It's we know that within let's just say the the canon universe, it is established that Sifo-Dyas is the one that ordered the uh, clones. So that is the question: Was it ever within Legends uh, kind of hinted at? It was Dooku that posed Sifo-Dyas, or was it actually Sifo-Dyas? And that's what I was kind of hoping within within this book. And, I, and honestly, in any case, I'm not sure it matters to answer your question because. Given Sifo-Dyas's state of mind or yeah, lack thereof, uh, yeah. I could absolutely picture him saying and doing whatever he felt was necessary to, you know, get right that army built. Yeah. Right. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. And also, I think, like, like I mentioned earlier, because he was basically kind of splintered off from the actual Jedi to go with Lena, Lean, then it would be it would make sense that the Jedi council would not know if it was him or if it could have been Dooku or the Kaminoans wouldn't know if he was on the council or not. Right. Yeah. So he could, you know, so while we never see Zyphodias on the council, it's, it's possible he never was right. Probably never um, was. However, Dooku himself, after he trains Qui-Gon, he actually does join the Jedi council. Um, another one of those things, I don't think we ever knew that Dooku was on the council. I'm trying to go back and, and, and think I... now. I don't think we did. Yeah, he actually re- I, replaced Master uh, Master Braylon, uh, which is that was this whole fascinating subplot with with um, with Madame Cinevax, right? And, and 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 Dooku joined the Council actually to enact change because he was so furious mm-hmm. by what had happened. Um, basically, uh, Ramil. Um, uh, Ramil Dooku's brother is in this air show and, and he's a racer and has this big accident. And, and when Dooku investigates, um, they, they find out that, uh, Ramil, um, uh, basically owed Madame Senevex, uh, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of money, I believe. And, uh, there's this whole like conspiracy with the, this CSF Coruscant security force inspector Sartori, who was, you know, um, I, I believe, he was uh, 
in on things. I'm trying to remember now. Oh, I'm trying um, to remember that too. Uh, basically, Senevax tried to kill Ramil because he refused to throw the race, Madame Senevax, and she owned this this illegal gambling den uh, and 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 bribed people all over the government, including Jedi Master Braylon on the council. Um, Braylon had. Uh, Jor Aroth had uh, run up a bunch of debts, debts with uh, Madame Cinevax for uh, for playing this game, and um, apparently, unbeknownst to anyone else, Jor Aroth was actually secretly Master Braylon's son, and of course, she did not want that getting out. <laughs> it all sounds wow. kind of silly re- recounting like this, such a, like, <laughs> like a soap opera <laughs> type yeah. thing. Like, but basically. Definitely. Uh, Jor Arath, this this Jedi was secretly another Jedi Master's on the Council's son, you know, and she was away for years at times, so and no one ever realized that when she brought back this baby, they that she they she claimed to have found on some planet, it was actually hers, her her son, and that's when she decided to stay on the on the Jedi you know, the Jedi Council and become a teacher. Uh, Jor never realized this until later, um, but when Madame Senevax found out, she used this to bribe um, uh, Master Braylon and uh, kind of get her way and uh, allowed her to kind of come and go uh, without the eye of the Jedi. But when they find that out, Senevax was sent to the council. Braylon had to step down and, and Dooku took her place because he was furious by all that had happened. Anyway, kind of a soap opera story in the, in the middle yeah, of in the, the middle of a Jedi story, in the middle of a Dooku Jedi lost. Um, but again, also kind of starts to speak to the, the fact that, as 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 pure as the Jedi wanted to be, they they were starting to be come more and more corrupt, right? They tried to hide. Mm-hmm. Braylon tried to hide this, the fact that she had a secretly had a son and had broken the. You know, Jedi it's not really house. that they're becoming corrupt, is that they're not really corrupt, but yeah. Well, yeah, it's, they're they're beginning to struggle. Yeah, like they're it, many more people way. are falling out of their ideals and yeah, so on. Yeah, you're right. And yeah, people like, are. Yeah, they're not. That's actually a better way of putting it. They're not. They're not adhering to the ideals and the, the the Jedi code, and in an attempt to keep it secret, are just digging themselves into more and more trouble. Trying to keep things secrecy never is a is a good thing. <laughs> nope. No, no, it never is. No. Um, but the cool thing is, uh, guess who is the 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 place that Cenovax was sent to was the Citadel on Lola Sayu, yeah, just that like that was cool in the clone wars uh, and i loved i loved that all the cool little mention references of the like that. yeah yeah uh and then you know once once that soap opera was behind us <laughs> uh <laughs> we move on to jenza and uh trying to find what had happened to her tom um what did you think of this whole kind of how okay. they, they, they wrapped things up here with Jenza. This, do, do I jump at the end? Because this is the thing do that it. totally, totally do it, caught do me it. off guard. Okay. Go for it. So, as we kind of mentioned, you have Asajj on a mission. The mission was to find Jenza. Once she finds Jenza, Dooku, if I if I do remember my, my audiobook correctly, mm-hmm. Dooku is there talking to a sister and and the sister just keeps if i also remember correct she knows they're still good in dooku 
and she's trying to like you know well bring, she hopes there is well she hopes there is but I, but she never she, she never gave up the hope that you know she sees the kind of good she never gave hope on her brother put it that way sure okay, okay. but the coldest thing to have happen is basically your brother turned to an assassin and have the assassin kill her. You want to talk about one of the biggest, I did not see that coming. Mm-hmm. That was one thing about this book. Everything else that was in the book. Okay. That was great. It was a great backstory for, you know, Saifa the, the Lena story was interesting about the, the, the going after the Sith artifacts to see starting the breakdown of the Jedi council, all that kind of stuff. And also the 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 mind games going on within Ventress was really outstanding to listen to. Yeah. But to wrap up the book with just a cold blooded murder of your sister. Yeah. Yeah, and, and this is all set against the backdrop of this uh this battle against the Abyssins. All right, because they, they try to invade Sereno and Jen, Jen, Jenza asks Dooku for help and mm-hmm. In the process, in the midst of this battle, right? Or they, they, they just they the Serenoans, Serenoans win the battle against the Abyssins. Ramil turns on Dooku and surrounds him with battle droids uh, and his sister. And basically, Ramil was jealous about how of how Jenza. Again, saying this feels kind of so proper again, but Ramil <laughs> was basically jealous of how Jenza. It, it, it kind of it worked great in the way, book. Re- thinking about it now, it feels like a so proper, but like in the moment, it, in the book was great. Um, Ramil was jealous of how Jenza, you know, was always talking about how amazing Dooku was, and so, you know, he he decided he wanted to make Sereno better because they had all these houses, right, on Sereno. Um, uh, uh, and Dooku's house was just one of them. Um, so what they did is they uh, they decided to, or, or Ramil decided to get rid of all the houses and the, uh, kick the Republic out of the of the planet and basically have Jenza be killed by Dooku, right? Frame it on Dooku so that he could effectively rule and uh and be rid of his yeah his better brother. Jeez, it's a little messed up. It's super yeah, messed complete, up. Super. And so he hired, you know, he basically hi- orchestrated the kidnapping of uh of Jenza and he hired yeah, this all, the portmaster Felodrome. Right, he basically got Portmaster Felodrome to hire Glute to kidnap Jenza, and then hired an assassin to kill Glute. Like all of this, uh, you know, back and forth. Like as it starts to unfold, you're like, "Wait, what?" Just yeah. sick and twisted, sick and twisted, but yeah. written. Uh, I'm sorry, sick and twisted, but performed, and an audio drama written very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and of course, you know. Dooku ends up killing Ramil, um, in, in, a, in, a, in you know, in in the process, uh, and like shooting him with force lightning. It's just like crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, and no one, surprisingly, no one really thinks twice. I mean, like Ramil was trying to kill them, um, but you know, Dooku kind of goes overboard, a little toward the dark side, and uh, well, I wouldn't yeah. say a little. Uh, that's true, and then. He's like, well, it happens. He's like, well, my brother's dead. There's no more houses, so I have a duty to help Sereno. So I'm just gonna leave and take on the role of Count of Sereno and r- rule the planet myself. Um, and the way they framed it though was was fascinating. They made it. 
his choice, Dooku's choice, seems sympathetic in many ways. He even offers to give to surrender his lightsaber back to Yoda, and Yoda tells mm-hmm. him to keep his lightsaber. You know, and that Jedi is more than a name, more than a title, right? Um, and I I it, found all that really interesting because we think of this as like I don't know, we never really knew what happened to Dooku. Was it was he just like storming out one day like ah? don't want to be a Jedi anymore or I want to turn to the dark side I'm going to leave right no this was I feel like I have to help my planet uh, and, and kind of repair the problems that my brother created so I'm going to step down from yeah. the Jedi and lead my planet what completely again caught me off guard not only the 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 twist at the end but Dooku walking away from the Jedi still with his lightsabers Yoda you almost want to go Yoda really you know, but at that time, Yoda probably didn't expect because of what was happening with the Jedi Council mm-hmm. that Dooku would turn at this point. No, but I still find it fascinating that that he walked away with the sabers. I really found that interesting. Well, there's even uh, earlier on in the novel, there's a good section where they're talking about you know the lost Jedi in the uh, mm-hmm. library uh, in the why it's not called the library. What is it called? Oh God, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, sorry, the archives. The archives. Forward. Yeah. There you go. Um, and you know they talk about like you know just these are Jedi who actually I think Yoda's the one who says like the the thing the reason we have them here is these are people we failed like these were good people who for whatever reason we, like we were couldn't stay with the Jedi and, and yes in some cases they may go evil and turn to the dark side. But it's our responsibility to kind of guide them and shepherd them and remember. Um, and it's so, of course, when Dooku leaves, they they view it not as a, oh, we should kill this guy before he becomes war, you know, turns to the dark side. It's a, well, Dooku, we fail Dooku. Like, mm-hmm. look at the things he's experienced and can we blame him for leaving? No, of course we can't. Yeah. Very, very sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Although his choice later on was not and this is i think probably also one of the for me the most surprising moment right was dooku you know he so asajj in the present right she she rescues jenza and uh she starts to beg dooku not to listen to this hooded man that he's corrupting dooku mm-hmm. and dooku ignores her and we actually see earlier that uh you know dooku meets palpatine and palpatine actually helps rail uh avaros quite a bit um that's and, i find very interesting yes and and yeah. uh, and jenza knows that 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 palpatine right the uh the darth sidious is bad she knows uh that dooku is working with him but he he ignores her um and you know jenza is so upset about the new empire that dooku is is, is starting to make that he actually ends up ordering asajj to kill his own sister yeah, that's and, just and the inner turmoil ugh. of Asajj is just so well done because through the whole book, and this it's it's kind of well, kind of twisted again and kind of disturbing. Mm-hmm. Like she she was a slave, uh, uh, you know, uh, to Hal, Master Halstead, right? Or not Master Halstead, just to Halstead, um, and uh, you know, her her master uh, Kyneric rescues her, and then she gets picked up by by Dooku and and in some ways she's kind of a slave again right and, mm-hmm. and she she hates it she doesn't like what she's 
you know, supposed to, to do. She doesn't like who she's becoming, but she feels like she has nowhere else to go. And we see a lot of this in the Clone Wars as well, where she's very conflicted and has a lot of inner turmoil. Yeah. And in this book, we actually see she actively hates Dooku throughout the book. And she uh. she wants to be free of him, right? And and she, she doesn't want to be a slave anymore. And, and yet, she feels like she has nowhere to go. And she's got these visions of, of Kyneric, you know, plaguing her. And he's saying, like, if you don't leave Dooku, you'll be his, his slave forever. Like, it's, it's, it's like, kind of, you know, cre- creepy, crazy stuff. And when Dooku orders Asajj to kill Jenza, she, you know, it would have been like the, the redemptive, redemption arc would have been she decides not to. Right. right and 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 overcomes this and kind of maybe breaks away right but no she actually goes through with it right and the final her final words in the book after she kills jenza is her final words in the book are i am free which is disturbing because she's very much not free uh after having spent the entire book saying how much she wants to free herself mm-hmm. uh and she, but all of a sudden she's convinced herself even though she's not, she convinces herself that she is free, uh, which is very twisted. Very twisted. Yeah, very twisted. Mm-hmm. But so good. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> so it it was it was a very good audiobook. I did enjoy it. Just just that one thing about Avaros. It was like ugh. yeah, and I do wish we'd gotten more of Dooku's seduction by the Emperor as well. We don't really see much of yeah. It. Yeah, I, I I would have agreed with that. But then again, that could be a story for another point. I mean, it's it gave you enough within this aspect of the story, but there's just that little bit that they could always kind of branch off a little bit later. I mean, maybe more of the seduction by the emperor was when, after the, the murder of his sister, was when he's actually the Count of Sereno and everything that's going on on the planet. Maybe that was more of the seduction. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was just the the little starting point. Yeah. So you, you never know. Going forward, anything can be written. Yeah. But it was very well done. There was one little moment that I thought maybe wasn't executed the best. And there's this, that's this, this, this transition where Asajj is saying something. And as she's speaking, it transitions into Dooku's voice saying the exact same words, which is really cool in theory. Mm-hmm. In reality, the words didn't really line up and it just kind of sounded like a jumbled line because uh, there's like a weird delay in their overlapped words and sounded more like a bug than a, uh, something intentional but uh, aside from that brief moment like the production values in this thing were were outstanding it sounded fantastic really great mm-hmm. story uh, twists and turns I was not expecting they yeah. did a, a, a great a great job and some you know interesting stuff too um, like, like what did you guys think of the Tirtaka that's the, the the creature that they that Dooku he touches the statue uh, on Sereno and oh, all of a sudden like the yeah things oh, start that's right falling I, apart. I at, at I first I wasn't sure if it was the uh ter- well, I wish I could remember what the hell it was called. Um, Trent is it the Trent attack? Does that sound familiar? From Ratatat. Uh, Reddit, no, 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 no. It's from. It's specifically from uh, the Knights of the Old Republic series. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The like, you know, force hunting beasts almost. 
that they anyway okay i I thought they were it was that but then i wasn't really sure but it was again it was a cool idea and the like a lot of the scenes that involved it or dooku kind of imagining it or you know were just really really excuse me uh impactful and later we even see the tirataka like we they think it's this mythical creature but later it actually comes to life and dooku basically mind controls it during the battle against the abyssins um and uh you know lean in fact is even concerned concerned that the dark side might consume him if he takes over the over the tirataka and well well it didn't at that point it certainly did later so yeah yeah it's great great book though uh, any other thoughts on Jedi Lost? I'd like to see which one they're going to do next for an audiobook. So would you, would you like to see a sequel to this? I I, I, would, I could do that. I would be I could do it too. totally fine with that. I'd have no problem with it. I would love a sequel. So would I. I'd have no problem with it. This was a good book. So... And and if we're we're at a point to where it's a good book, I can I can go into my ratings if we're done. What did you think of the book, Tom? Um, I liked it on the Wombrat scale. I'm going to give it an eight point five. Um, I, you know what? If they do another book like this, I will I will have no problem going out and buying it because I really enjoyed the production value of this. I enjoyed the hard work that they put into this to pull this off. And the story was really good. And again, I've said it. I'm going to say it one more time. Did not expect the ending with the twist of him killing his sister. Did not expect that at all. So, but I'm going to take my 8.5 Womp Rats. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to go help uh, Lean and uh, Sifidius find Sith artifacts. They're the ones that actually helped bring back the Sith because mm. they're the ones that grabbed a bunch of the artifacts and they were kind of sneaking them away to Count Dooku. Okay. So, that's what I'm doing with my Womp Rats. Very nice. Yep. Very cool. Next. Steven. I can, yeah, I can go next. Uh, I think I'm also going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 Womp Rats. Um, I mean, I feel like we covered everything. It's just, I'm not an audiobook person, but this, I don't. I wouldn't say they sold me, but I enjoyed it. Um, it just it did a great job of being a, an audio movie. Like I don't. I don't even know how to describe it. It just. It had a. The production quality was there, and they mm-hmm. they had a good story to back it up. I guess. Yeah. Um. Not perfect. Like there are parts of the story that would have changed around a little bit here or there, but like it. It just works really well, and I liked getting this kind of background into Dooku as a character. Um, it kind of reminds me of almost like the Tarkin book where it's like, oh, this is a, a very famous villain that we know nothing about. And now here's a little bit of backstory for them. Very true. Um, and uh, my eight and a half Womp Rats, I mean, there, let me be clear. There were nine of them, uh, <laughs> but they were kind of this. is It's, you know, years ago, they're running around with Sifo and, uh, you know, little baby Dooku. And uh, what can I say? Things things happen. And uh, we lost we lost half of a good friend. Poor, poor Womp Rat. Poor Womp Rat. <laughs> Always poor Womp Rat. Bummer. Um, yeah, I think, you know, like you guys said, this was just a really great audio drama. Um, you know, I think that's the best way to, to describe it. It's full production, music, and sound effects, and a full voice cast, and, and a great story. And, I, you know, I've always wanted to learn 
Dooku's backstory, and I, I like how they tied in a lot of the stuff from Legends and how well it ties in with Master and Apprentice. And uh, it was just a, a really fun story with a bunch of surprises. And, you know, I, I highly, highly recommend uh, checking this this audiobook out. Um, I think it gives you a lot of, a lot of, you know, insight into these characters uh, in, a, in a really great way and something you couldn't do in book form. And, and that's why, you know, when, yeah. like when we see those, those like rumors, like, oh, maybe they'll do a book version. I'm like, how would you even do that? Like, I guess you could, but I feel like it would just, there'd be a significant rewriting and changing around. And it, it would be know, a new book. It really would be a new book in, in many ways, like the same story. And I'm sure they could keep some parts of the text, but you really have to listen to it. You really do. It, it would, I, in my mind, it'd be kind of the same as having like the novelization of episode eight or episode seven. Yeah. Like the story is the same. A lot of the pieces are the same. The dialogue's kind of the same, but the medium in which it is told changes it dramatically. That's a great analogy, Stephen. That's yeah. A great analogy. Thank you. I, I spent no time thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I really hope everyone takes an opportunity to listen to this. And I, I, I know audiobooks a little bit higher barrier to entry, right? Um, a lot of times there are more, they're more, you know, priced at a hardcover price, even though you can oftentimes get hardcovers for, for significantly less. Um, but, but you know, it, it's an experience and yeah, you just, know, it's what, you know, nine grab, hours? grab the cassette tape, pop it into your car and you're good to go. <laughs> right. Cassette. What's that? I have real to reel and a track, but I'm, uh, but uh, no, right. I, I didn't, Tom, I don't know what that is. You, you should listen to it. It's a, <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful, um, uh, production and well worth experiencing. So it's definitely well worth your time. It's about, did they say it's about a 30 hour book? No, I think it's like nine. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Take that back. Nine to 12 it's hours. not that bad people. It's not 30 hours. I'm no. sorry. Like some audiobooks 30 are 30 hours. hours. That's, that's very wow. long. No, this is, yeah. I want to say it's like nine ish hours. Okay. Um, so it's actually pretty easy. You know, you can do it, you know, you can just listen to it in the commute or, or, or whatever. And it won't take you, uh, that long and it's and it's fun right it's a it's, it's very well it's an experience it. so yeah uh i i'm gonna give this uh eight and a half womp rats out of ten as well so it makes it unanimous and you know at, at one point in the book um dooku actually tries to petition the senate to create this guard uh, instead of using uh -oh. the jedi uh but the chancellor this all this politics involved the chancellor is like well you know the, the, the expansion of the Republic is being driven by the Trade Federation's explosive growth, so really they should fund the Guard, and of course, you know, the, the Trade Federation doesn't want to pay more taxes, so we just want to establish a Guard. Um, long, mm. complicated story, but basically, in response to that, Dooku's like, okay, and he, he hired the eight and a half Womp Rats to become the <laughs> official Womp Rat Guard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hate good, to see what happened but... to that half Womp Rat. I mean, he wasn't very good at his job. He 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 failed in guarding, that's for sure. Yeah. That's how he became half a womp rat. Yeah, he was only able to do half the job. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think we better uh, get out of here. Yes, and with that, I uh, we will yeah. be back. I think we'll probably take a, you know, another week or two off, and but we'll be back soon with our full impressions of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and our review yep. of Alphabet Squadron. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. 
For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.